National coverage of America's greatest sport. Join us for bi-weekly episodes throughout the season, and remember to subscribe and rate or review the show wherever you get your podcast. If you would like to contact the show, please email us at ultimatecfbpod at gmail.com or via Twitter at CFB underscore ultimate. Welcome back to the Ultimate College Football Podcast, and the 2023 season is barely in the books, and we already have massive news. Nick Saban, you can maybe argue he's the face of college football, certainly the biggest name in college football, and by all metrics, the greatest college football coach of all time. He has announced his retirement at the age of 72, which of course, when you just look at it from that perspective, not overly surprising. Uh, But this is a pretty surprising move. There wasn't any sign that Saban was going to step away, still winning at a really high level. Now, these past three years are without a national championship. That's actually the longest drought in the Saban era at Alabama, which really more than anything just shows you how dominant he has been in that three-year span. He still had a championship game appearance and another playoff appearance just this past year, but it turns out that that overtime loss to Michigan in the Rose Bowl will be the final game that Saban coaches. So before getting into that, do remind you that uh, we do have our national championship game uh, recap that was just published a couple days ago. So do check that out if you haven't uh, yet at this time. But uh, back to the topic at hand, Nick Saban, he announces he's retiring. He's still at the top of his game. Some coaches or players, they tend to go longer than they should, or they're kind of past their game and no longer, uh, you know, as successful as they used to be. That's not the case with Saban. He is going out not on top, but still on top of his game. And obviously now we have a huge opening uh, with Alabama being uh, certainly the certainly one of the most prominent programs in college football right now and probably the most prominent just when you look at their past 15 years of success i think if you just take a casual fan or someone who doesn't even really know much about college football uh, they probably can at least tell you that alabama has been a great program so i do think uh, that's a fair assessment even though they haven't won the last three national titles and michigan of course is uh, the current king of the sport uh, alabama still certainly carries tons of weight and they are historically uh, one of the greatest programs of all time and the most accomplished when you look at now what Saban has done combined with the great tradition he already inherited. Since this is the end of an era, I do think it is appropriate to kind of reflect a little bit on Saban's stellar career and like many very famous coaches, he has his roots in the MAC. He played in the early 70s as a defensive back at Kent State and DBs was really his specialty throughout a lot of his career until he became head coach and even as a head coach, especially during his LSU days and probably at Michigan State as well. He was highly involved in the defensive backfield room. He got his first head coaching job back in 1990 with Toledo, was there for just one season, was a DC for Bill Belichick in the Browns in the early 90s, and then uh, has been a head coach 
uh, since then at Michigan from ni- Michigan State that is from 1995 to 1999. Interestingly enough, uh, that was still good enough to get him the LSU job, but he never won big at Michigan State. Other coaches have been more successful than Saban, but he really came in uh, big time at LSU. Uh, won a couple SEC championships, including that 2003 national championship. And to people nowadays, LSU is one of the prominent uh, programs in college football. Uh, but if you go back to just early 2000s, uh, before that. 03 national championship LSU had not won a national championship since 1958 and there are a lot of SEC programs throughout the 20th century that uh, were a lot more successful than LSU I think it's fair to say of course Alabama but programs like Georgia Tennessee uh, you know Auburn Florida even in you know the past uh two or three decades of the 20th century, both of those programs were better than LSU, and LSU wasn't exactly this program you would think uh, that is going to contend for national championships, even though they obviously have a lot of those key ingredients, and Nick Saban was able to get them over the uh, over the top with that 03 title, leaves in 05 to become the head coach at Miami, the Dolphins, that is, like most college coaches he was not successful but then a great opportunity arises and uh from 2007 until now he's been the head coach in alabama and uh it's interesting when that job was open uh it wasn't a sure thing that he was going to get it although his name of course uh, was kind of the hot name that was coming up it almost actually went to rich rodriguez and uh, rich rod actually turned down alabama uh which is really get into some interesting alternative history if uh, some decisions had been made a little differently. But Saban does, of course, become the head coach at Alabama. And I actually remember uh, the end of that 2006 season uh, where it was still unsure who would be the next coach at Alabama. Alabama had been a kind of a struggling slash poor program uh, since uh, uh, really the end of the Gene Stallings era for the most part outside of you know a couple years here and there. And uh, they were playing Oklahoma State in the Independence Bowl. And I actually remember uh, the announcer, or at least the play-by-play announcer, I can't recall who it was, but he was uh, pretty adamant that whoever was the interim for Oklahoma State, or for Alabama, excuse me, in that bowl game, uh, that he should be given the head coaching job over Nick Saban. Obviously, in hindsight, uh, that would have been a huge mistake, but Alabama, they did go for the big name, got Nick Saban. And Saban went on to build the most impressive dynasty in college football history, winning six national championships at Alabama, played in three others, as well as two uh, additional playoff appearances where they lost in the semifinals. Uh, Just a a remarkable run. And when you include his first championship at LSU, that's a total of seven national championships. Just to show you how absurd that number is, the only program outside of Alabama, of course, where he won the bulk of his titles, the only program that has more national championships than Nick Saban himself is Notre Dame with eight so Notre Dame, one of the you know hallmarks of college football tradition, they have just one more national championship than 
Nick Saban. Saban has as many national championships as, you know, blue bloods like Oklahoma and USC, and he has more national titles than Ohio State, and just go down the list, all the other programs in college football. Uh, so just that in itself, I think, is maybe the craziest uh, stat uh, out there that really highlights Saban's success. Every uh, player who has gone through, you know, a four-year cycle, Alabama has won at least one national championship. And as we stated earlier, uh, the three-year title drought is the longest national championship drought uh, of Saban's tenure in Tuscaloosa. So truly remarkable. And it's going to be interesting to see what Alabama does. This obviously is a really coveted job just with their tradition or roster that they have, their pedigree of winning recently at a really high level. But they are, of course, really big shoes to fill when you're taking over for Nick Saban and a fan base that is used to winning at just an insanely high level. You could have a coach that still does really well and maybe even went to national championship or two even, or, you know, who knows how many, but they're very unlikely to equal, let alone surpass what Saban has done. And that could potentially, uh, you know, steer some people away. At this point, Alabama probably is going to have to spend a lot of money to get a, you know, a big name because of the contracts these coaches have and the timing isn't when you typically see uh, coaching moves made, you know, in today's day and age. So it'll be interesting to see what Alabama does. Obviously, if they really want to get a guy, they're probably going to find the funds for that. A few years ago, back when Sark was still at Alabama, the general feeling was that Sarkeesian would be the successor to Saban. And I think that was going to be the case. Uh, but Sark, of course, got the Texas job. He left. And there just isn't an obvious successor. Sure. Uh, oftentimes, when you have something going as well as it is for a school like Alabama, you want to promote from within, uh, but there isn't that obvious candidate. And uh, Saban, he tends not really to retain coaches for a long time. Uh, a lot of coaches get poached off to either more prominent roles or they just want something else. Saban is a really demanding head coach and a lot of coaches, uh, you know, don't want to coach for too long uh, with Saban, or at least that's kind of been the word on the street. Uh, so, you know, the only real realistic candidate, and I don't even really think it's that realistic, but offensive coordinator Tommy Reese, who was in his first year uh, here at Alabama, uh, he would be maybe the one guy I think who could maybe get a look who's currently on staff, uh, the defensive coordinator Kevin Steele, who was uh, just in Tuscaloosa for one season. He, a few days ago, announced he was leaving and one would think he probably had some inside knowledge of a Saban's retirement. Uh, so he doesn't seem to be a likely candidate, uh, even though he certainly has been around the block. He was a head coach for a brief time at Baylor in the early 21st century, and that went really poorly, so that isn't necessarily a bonus. Um, so I think they're going to go after probably uh, you know, a, a big name. I don't think they're going to go for a coordinator just some guys you are hearing uh, pop up, and I'll just list them all, even though I think some of these are very unlikely, but I'll still list them. Uh, Dabo Sweeney, Steve Sarkeesian, Lane Kiffin, Dan Lanning, and Kalen DeBoer. Those would be, I think, the most obvious names. Uh, a lot of those guys have coached at Alabama at some point. Obviously, uh, Kiffin and Sark uh, come to mind there. Lanning, he was an assistant at Alabama uh, you know, back in the day. And uh, Sweeney is, of course, an alumnus of Alabama. If you go back, you know, 
five, six years ago, Sweeney was actually kind of the name a lot of people thought would maybe uh, be the guy who followed Saban just with how successful Sweeney has been at Clemson. And for a long time, uh, there was a stretch there where when you're looking at the top coaches in college football, it was synonymous Saban-Sweeney. And even though Sweeney's resume is still as good as it gets uh, for the most part, uh, and certainly now that Saban has stepped down, uh, some of Clemson's struggles the past few years, I would think, uh, would kind of turn Alabama away from Sweeney. And there is always just a question of, uh, you know, Sweeney has created this great program at Clemson. Does he really want to leave a program that he pretty much built? I know Clemson did win a title back in 81, but Clemson was not close to that when Sweeney took over and he really built them into the power that they are today. Uh, so, you know, who knows, maybe Sweeney does want uh, something new after, uh, you know, people maybe taking a little bit for granted his accomplishments there. Uh, maybe this could reinvigorate him and the call to kind of go home. Maybe that's a big pull, but I'm not sure if Alabama is really going to go in that direction just with Sweeney's, uh, at least at this point, his uh, seeming reluctance to uh, kind of evolve to this new world of college football, which you could maybe argue, not to read Saban's mind, but you could maybe argue uh, that's why he's wanting to step away, you know, college football uh, coaching. Uh, in some ways, has never been harder. Now, the pay is absurdly great uh, for these head coaches, so I'm not, you know, trying to make them look like some, uh, you know, discriminated or persecuted demographic. That's obviously not true, uh, but it's a really difficult calendar. You know, you're going basically 365 days out of the year, constantly recruiting with the transfer portal, uh, really kind of re-recruiting your own players. You've got the headache of NIL, which is very unregulated and uh, not even really run by the schools themselves. Uh, so there are a lot of variables out there that make college coaching, you know, arguably as hard as it's ever been, or at least as time-consuming and probably as frustrating as it's ever been. And the calendar right now is really a nightmare for coaches. You've got in December, uh, you know, everything's kind of converging at once. You've got prep for some of the biggest games of the season, in addition to the early signing period, as well as that early portal window. So it is really crazy, and you could see a guy like Saban, who's, you know, been coaching for forever, he's now in his early 70s, you could see why uh, he would step away, and you have seen some pretty big name, uh, you know, head coaches step away earlier than they at least could have, uh, you know, Urban Meyer, Bob Stoops, Chris Peterson, those are all some names uh, that come to mind, but we're getting a little off track there, so back to some other candidates, uh, Sweeney, unlikely as we stated no Sarkeesian the guy that they originally were viewing as the successor uh, you know maybe they reached out to him but they're gonna have to pay a boatload of money to buy him out of Texas who has as deep of pockets as any so they would be able to you know uh, sweeten the pot for Sark if he wants to use this as a negotiation tool uh, but Sark you know has what many people consider the top job in college football. I don't know if it is or not, uh, but certainly it's a really good job, and he did just go to the playoff. So uh, I don't really see him leaving. Lane Kiffin, he, of course, uh, you know, worked well with Saban and had success at Alabama, kind of reinvigorated his career after, you know, some head coaching failures. Uh, but 
uh, that's a pretty, as we said earlier, pretty big shoe to fill. I'm not sure a guy like Kiffin necessarily wants to fill those shoes. And uh, he is you know, very different stylistically than Saban. I'm not sure if that's good or bad, um, you know, for, you know, getting a new guy. Uh, but I just have a hard time seeing that um, coming to fruition as well, although that certainly is still a name to keep out there. I think the most likely is Dan Lanning. Uh, Kalen DeBoer, obviously his stock is about as high as it could be, uh, just taking Washington to the national championship. He's been successful everywhere he's been. I just, you know, from what I know about DeBoer, I don't think he's a great fit in Tuscaloosa. Now, if you're a good football coach and, you know, you have Alabama's resources, you can do just fine, even if the fit's a little funky, but I'm not sure uh, DeBoer is necessarily going to be interested in the Alabama job. Maybe he is. It certainly, you know, it's a much more prestigious job, but he has things going very well in Seattle, and uh, I don't really see him leaving for Alabama. But who knows? I could be way off. I think Dan Lanning is the most likely Oregon. Um, they are a program that has a history of coaches leaving them, whether it be Chip Kelly to the NFL or Mario Cristobal to go back to Miami. And when Lanning was hired, that's uh, kind of the critique. If if there was a critique, some people did uh, raise that as an issue that, you know, Lanning, he has a lot of SEC ties. As we mentioned, he was on staff Alabama. He was a D see uh, for Kirby Smart at Georgia for a time, and is he going to want to maybe return uh, to uh, that area of the country and take over a big-time SEC program? Now, being head coach of Oregon is a good gig. They pay you well. They give you good resources. Oregon is as aggressive as any in the NIL game with, uh, you know, Phil Knight's money, and that uh, enterprise is basically just run by Nike, so it's a really well-run machine, and you see it, you know, come up in the transfer portal and in recruiting. Uh, so Oregon's a good job, there's no doubt about that, and maybe Lanning kind of wants to uh, blaze his own trail in Eugene. No one has won a national championship at Oregon, and uh, he might want to kind of just build his own thing over there in Oregon. But maybe Alabama is uh, too big to pass up. And of all of the names that we've listed here, he seems to be the guy who would probably be the most willing to make the move and go over to Alabama. Uh, so if I was having to guess, I would say Lanning's most likely. Uh, but if it's none of those candidates, you know, I really have no idea. And at this point, it's still all just speculation. Uh, but uh, it could be very interesting at the very least. You know, if any coaching change, there are always in dominoes that fall. At this point, we're still unsure what's going to happen in Ann Arbor with Jim Harbaugh. Uh, so uh, we could see some pretty big things happening uh, in the college football world. Certainly, we have had one. Uh, right here, and there's going to be, uh, you know, following moves that are going to have ramifications. So that's just our quick reaction to Saban and his retirement. Truly an amazing career. Whoever follows him is walking into a really good situation, but they also have some really big shoes to fill and really high expectations to meet. So that will do it for the special edition of the Ultimate College Football Podcast. Uh, we'll see if we, uh, you know, join you again uh, sometime in the off season. 
Uh, otherwise, we'll see you this summer. So thank you for listening, and do make sure to check out our national championship game recap if you haven't done so already. Uh, but we'll let you go. So thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on the Ultimate College Football Podcast.